Hello and welcome to another instalment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia. I'm Ed Kennedy, the editor of CSO Australia, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Sunil Sali, CISO at Minter Ellison. Sunil, welcome. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me on this interview. To start, can you tell us a little about your role? Sure. Uh, before I talk about uh, my role, uh, I would like to talk about Minter Ellison. Uh, Mintra Ellison is Australia's largest law firm by a number of lawyers. We provide legal services in almost every area except criminal and uh, and family practices. Uh, we are about 3,000 staff globally. We have 11 offices across the globe, seven offices in Australia and five international. We have a large presence in Australia. Most of our presence is in Australia, but we also have offices in Mongolia, Hong Kong, China and London. Uh, we also provide technology consulting services, and uh, that includes risk management, supply chain security management, program management, knowledge management, a few other areas. My role at Minter Ellison is uh, I'm the chief security officer, and uh, I look after the cyber and information security program. We are still a small team compared to uh, the, the bigger banks. Uh, we are a team of six, and uh, six full-time staff dedicated to cybersecurity, and we report into our chief digital officer who is uh, sponsor for the program. In terms of the security program, we look after security end-to-end. Uh, my role at Mintrelison includes looking after client assurance. We've got two main divisions in the security program. One is the assurance program. Other one is, uh, is a security operations program. Assurance program covers client assurance. How do we ensure that uh, our client data is secure? How do we provide that assurance to our clients? It also includes compliance, ISO 27001, and multiple other certifications. Includes uh, internal comms management and also supply chain security. When it comes to security operations management, I've got a dedicated team that looks after 24x7 security operations. This team looks after any new projects we onboard. How do we look after security on a 24x7 basis, be it Christmas, be it New Year, or any of the public holidays, our eyes are on the network 24x7. Uh, so that's a quick brief on my role at Mintus, and uh, over to you. <laughs> What can you share with us about Minter Ellison's current goals in the cybersecurity space? Thank you, Ed. Uh, before I share about the security goals, it's important to see how security goals align with the business goals. Now, Minters is a purpose-driven firm. Now, the, the main purpose for, or the, the goal for the firm is to create sustainable value with our clients, our people, and the community. So what we did was we took that as a, as a core to our cybersecurity program and started building the program around that. Now, everything we do internally, be it you know, looking at a particular solution, build, building a particular platform or creating a process, we keep these principles in mind. Now, that, that goes on from building trust to, with the client or making sure our staff are cyber aware, be, be it in office or outside of our office. So from a goal perspective, our goal is to build and maintain our client trust in a brand and not just our clients, our people and our communities as well. So what we do is we have some principles that we work with as we go about building this client and people and community trust. Now, the underpinning principles are, are excellence in, in everything we do, be it in any projects we deliver, any process we create, any business friction that our, our staff are facing, we, we review that on a constant basis. The second principle we work is uh, being curious and innovative. So irrespective of what projects we deliver, what milestones we achieve, we all we truly believe that there is a scope for improvement. So anything we do, any certification we achieve, 
there's always a feedback structure that we work on and say, what next? What do we do? What do we improve on? So there is, uh, there's never a project done and dusted. There's always a follow-up action on every project we do. Third is collaborating with our clients. Now, most of our clients or many of our clients are highly regulated. And they're also, some of our clients are located in international, uh, in, outside of Australia. So uh, there is, there are very, uh, there are some issues that uh, that the clients face in terms of how their data is being managed and uh, some of the regulatory requirements that applies to the data as they send those data to us. So we are constantly collaborating with our clients, with our client security to see how do we help them to comply with the regulatory requirements? How do we help them to, com- to comply with their own internal security requirements? For example, CPS 234, it doesn't apply directly to us, but many of our clients in Australia are regulated by CPS 234. So we reach out to our clients and see how do we, and ask the question, how can we help them to comply with CPS 234? What pros and cons do you see when it comes to AI being utilized in your law firm? Thank you, Ed. Uh, I'll first talk about uh, ChatGPT, the most popular one right now. Now at, at Mintis, we have we, we promote ChatGPT and it's still in the experiment, experimental stage. We, we warn our staff before they use it. We tell them that it's not an authoritative source. It is something that they can quickly run some, uh, some queries on. It can help them with probably write some, uh, some queries on, but it's not an authoritative source. We also send a notification to our staff not to put anything confidential onto ChatGPT. But having said that, we say experiment with it experiment with this platform because it, uh, it it is also a tool that we truly believe is going to be playing a big role in uh, in in the legal industry at large um, other other than chat gpt we do use mintas mintas is pretty big on ai we have looked at multiple ai enabled platforms in the past and it continues to uh, to look at multiple ai platforms other than chat gpt uh, for other uh, solutions from a cybersecurity perspective we have been using AI for quite some time. We look at it from an email security perspective. We also look at, uh, we have a couple of AI-based solutions for network-based perspective. But having said that, we also go and verify. And it, what it does the, in terms of the value, it helps us in terms of speeding up our, uh, our responses. If we do see something malicious, we can quickly get onto that and adjust, adjust the algorithm or we can fine tune the, the algorithm. Without AI, I think we'll be we'll be a few years behind in terms of where we are right now. What are the general risks that a law firm can face surrounding cybersecurity? Look up from a cybersecurity perspective, law firms have long been uh, considered as a soft underbelly of uh, professional services in terms of the data we hold. To give an example, we hold data from top A6 organizations. We hold uh, data from government agencies, part organizations. And uh, we also do a lot of pro bono work. The type of matters we get involved in are high value transactions, property deals, volume transactions, M&A deals, our litigation work. So that gives an idea about the sensitivity of the data we hold and uh, also the data that our clients trust us with. Now, when we look at the, when put on the risk lens, there is a lot of, uh, it, it, it attracts a lot of uh, risk on us or a lot of attention from, uh, from people. One of the things, uh, probably the first risk is political or ideological agenda. So if someone doesn't agree Minters being involved in a particular matter, we may get attacked for that. 
we may expect some some sort of an attack, maybe a DDoS attack, maybe some attacks on Twitter. We may see some uh, some attacks on uh, on our websites. There are regulatory risks as well. For example, most of our uh, clients are regulated. Their data is also highly regulated. APRA CPS 234 or CPS 230 or ASD Essential 8, we have all these standards that we need to comply with. So we can't just take data from our clients and put our own security program on it. We have to regulate the data or manage the data based on the, the regulation that applies to that data. Our PI data, for example, if we do receive any PI data, we have to manage it in the similar way. Uh, insider risk is always uh, there. So we are very conscious about the data we hold and and the access that people have on this data, the internal stuff, I mean, and uh, what is the right level of access? Even if it's within IT, what is the right level of access to the data? Do this, does this person really need access to this particular data? Uh, lastly, the cybersecurity risk. We are always uh, conscious about the cybersecurity risks or supply chain risks. In the last three years, or uh, the last three years, many organizations have pivoted to cloud. Now, at Mintes, we, again, we have a cloud-first approach which means the risk lens or the risk is shifting from on-premise to the cloud, which is suppliers. So uh, supply chain risk is also pretty high. Log4j and Kaseya, we have seen the damage it can do to organizations. So uh, yeah, from a cybersecurity perspective as well, that is something that we, we constantly focus on. Uh, apart from that, from a threat perspective, we have uh, email is, is one of the main lifeblood for the organization. So email-based risks or threats is something that we watch very closely. Then we also look at our attack surface and see what are the different attacks we may expect from our from our websites. Uh, there's also BEC and fraud attacks that we that we come across every now and then, but uh, it's not uh, one of the most uh, severe attacks that uh, we've seen or the most severe attacks that we are concerned about. Uh, supply chain attack, as I mentioned, Log4j, Kaseya. We are always conscious about the supplies that we work with, the software that we run in an environment and how those threats can, can uh, be exploited and uh, the damage radius for, uh, for any software or the supplier that, uh, who hold our data. So we are always conscious, uh, consciously looking, looking at uh, our, our own risk landscape and seeing how can we mitigate those risks. When it comes to Minterellison specifically, what projects are you excited to be working on in 2023? couple of uh, key projects comes to mind. Uh, one of them, I, I'm trying to avoid the word, but uh, there you go, I'll use it. It's called Zero Trust. Uh, Zero Trust is, uh, or I'd like to call it dynamic trust validation, is, is one of those projects where, where we want to get rid of our VPN. We still have a, a small subset of uh, users who use VPN, and we want to get rid of that and implement something called a micro VPN or application-based VPN and implement uh, a Zero Trust. So zero trust. It's not the technology or the uh, or the platforms that that excites me. It's the journey that we go through. So zero trust or the dynamic trust validation helps us understand unlock value from different technologies. It helps us understand the gaps within our platforms, gaps within the programs, and also helps us identify which user or which role needs access to the applications, and helps us in terms of improving our own cyber hygiene. Saying does Ed need access to this particular application, but it can access this application. Does he need? Does he need? It does he need to uh, have access? That two different questions. So, uh, dynamic trust validation is something that we are very excited about, and uh, we have already started the journey. 
but uh, we, we will be looking at it very closely in the 2020, uh, 2023 and uh, probably beyond that as well. What insights would you share specifically with cybersecurity professionals keen to learn more from another professional in their field? I think because everyone knows everyone. We have great camaraderie and collaboration within the legal sector. Uh, we recently set up a, a forum with about 70 other legal firms uh, around Oceania, which I thought was really brilliant. And uh, we already start, we, we are already seeing the benefits out of it. We get this internal threat intel, and we also get uh, some insights about what are the challenges that other law firms are facing and uh, some of the things, unique things that other law firms are doing, which we can learn from. Uh, from a general cybersecurity perspective, now my role is called CISO, or I call it as Chief Inf Internal Stress Officer, which uh, some of them may not agree, but I think stress is it, stress is good in every role. Uh, right from the start of my career, I liked getting deadlines. I liked uh, working with deadlines because it helped me focus on the priorities. It helped me focus on what's important for the firm, what's important for our team, and uh, deliver the best that we can. Uh, in cybersecurity, it's a great field because uh, the number of domain, the, the, the number of domains or number of uh, expertise that we can gain in different domains is is it's, it's just massively diverse. So we we can be we can have an expert purely in uh, supply chain security. We can have an expert in pen test. We can have an expert in cloud security or governance. The num the, there is it's an insane. Uh, insane amount of diversity in terms of domains we can find in security. So uh, if anyone is interested in cybersecurity, even if it's a comms person, there is definitely a role in cybersecurity domain. And uh, the, I think the only this one is to start somewhere and see what people are interested in, in terms of uh, building a career out of, it could be supply chain, it could be comms, it could be program management. It is it is a very, very diverse field and there's always work to do. And uh, there's always stress if you're interested to take on stress, which personally I am. I like a bit of stress level is good, but uh, probably on the on the more serious note, we have to always uh, look after our own burnout. So it's very easy to uh, to take on more work and look at uh, and also experience a burnout. Fortunately, we haven't been in that situation, but uh, it, having some stress is good. And with that last question. That brings us to the end of this conversation. Thank you to those in our audience and Sanu, a special thanks to you for taking part in this chat today. Always at all. Thank you, Ed. Thanks for all the questions and having me on this interview. Thank you. Just as this has been a great conversation here, please keep an eye out soon for another installment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia.